Stand up. It's time to give your career an edge. Stand out with a professional diploma from DBS. Stand by for part-time learning that works for you and your ambitions. Choose from over 30 professional diplomas starting this January and February at dbs.ie. DBS. Ambition realised. Would you like to pay less for your car insurance? At Inovo Insurance, you can enjoy savings of up to 25% off on your car insurance. Call our award-winning team of experts now on 0818 200. Don't renew until you call Inovo Insurance. Inovo Insurance Limited Trading as Inovo Insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Minimum premium of €344 Euro applies. Acceptance criteria and terms and conditions apply. CBS Radio Mystery Theatre presents... of us move through familiar surroundings each day. Our lives involve a certain amount of routine. We see the same faces and hear the same voices. But there are lines of work that require daily confrontations with the new and the unknown. Such a job is journalism. It's said that a reporter never covers the same story twice. There are some stories he might wish he never covered once. I think you're just imagining things, Mr. Leach. If that's so, then why am I in jail? How should I know? I was only doing my job. I'm sorry about it. no one knows I'm here. You're the only one who can help me. I'm sorry, Mr. Leach, but I've got my job, too. mystery drama, The Grandee of Terra Loco, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Percy Granger and stars Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. In journalism, truth is held up as a standard. But truth is a slippery word. Presumably, all reporters try to be truthful in everything they write. But the word itself is often taken for granted, unless the story is unusually controversial. Covering a social tea or a local fundraising drive, for example, reporters are likely to think of themselves striving more for accuracy than truth. What is the difference? We could say accuracy means getting the facts straight, but truth means getting the facts. We are in the newsroom of a paper in a large Texas city. Rich! Hey, Richie! Come here! Uh, Yes, Mr. Hankey. Shut the door behind you. Yes, sir. Bridget tells me you're on to a hot story. Well, sir, I, um... And you want permission to go to Ryland, Texas, to cover it? Mm, yes, sir. Now, first of all, where is Ryland? Well, it's in the western part of the state, uh, about five miles from the Mexican border. Uh-huh. What is it, another smuggling story? <laughs> no, no. Uh, the mayor of Ryland, a man named Elisha Stevens, just died. He was assassinated? Uh, no, no. He seems to have died of natural causes. Well, so what's the angle? Well, apparently he cut quite a figure. 
He ruled the community virtually unchallenged for over 40 years. Oh, now I guess we're talking about graft here, political corruption. No, we're talking about a man who knew everyone in town by his first name. Mm, he knew everyone in town by his first name. Richie. So far, you're not making me want to rush out and buy a newspaper. Oh, look, I'm tired of covering nothing but murder trials and rising taxes. I, I, I want to do a feature article on this man. I, I, I think it's time we paid tribute to an honest politician. The last of a vanishing breed, the, the local folk hero, an elder statesman in small-town America. Elder statesman, small-town USA. Not bad. Still not page one, but it's not classified ads either. Look, just just give me just give me three days to go out there and I'll prove to you news doesn't have to be bad to be interesting. I'll bet. How long did you say this guy Stevens was the local kingpin? Forty years. I have yet to hear of anyone who can survive in public life that long without getting some mud on his boots. Well, who knows? It it may start a trend. No. I bet you at dinner at the Cattlemen's Club, the guy was a tarnished angel just like all the rest of them. Come in. Uh, hi, uh, are you um, uh, Mr. Fred Perkins? Oh, uh, that's right. Oh, uh, you're the new mayor of Ryland? Well, I'm a city manager. I'm just filling in here till new elections are organized. That uh, Our former mayor died rather... Well, unexpected last week. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, that's why I'm here. Oh? I uh, wanted to speak with you about him. I gather he was a very popular man. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Mr. My uh, name is Richard Leach. All right. Well, uh, Elisha Stevens was beloved by every person in his town. May I uh, ask what your interest is? Uh, I'm with the Dallas Sentinel. You, you are a reporter? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm planning to do a story, uh, an in-depth profile on Mr. Stevens' life. Ah, uh, well, I'd certainly be glad to help you out if I can. Thanks. Uh, you mind if I uh, turn on my tape recorder? Oh, no, 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 not, not at all. Oh, hip self. Thank you. They, they do make some people nervous. <laughs> well, you know, you'll find uh, Ryland a real friendly place. You know, I'll start off by telling you as a matter of local pride that, uh, we are the home of the world's largest tumbleweed. Yes, I, <laughs> I noticed that in the town square. Yeah. Now, uh, about uh, about Mr. Stevens... Well, Elisha Stevens, Mr. Leach, was Ryland. Now, most Texans, you know, dream of building empires, but Elisha dreamed of building a community. Now, this county was desert when he and Lucy arrived in 1925. Terra Loco, they called it. It's a crazy land, that's what that means. Because so many folks went mad from the heat and lack of water. Now, Elisha set out to change all that. Now, he built an agricultural station that reclaimed half the county from the desert. Now, he is responsible for the finest public school system in West Texas. Why, why the story goes, he's even the one who wrote that big tumbleweed out in the town square. You know, someone once called him Grandia Grande Terra Loco. One name stuck ever since. Hmm. Uh, what would you say was his single most important contribution? A personal example he set by his strength of character. He entered public life as a reform candidate, didn't he? In 1936, ran for county judge. <laughs> Boy, we was having real border problems then. Smuggling was real bad. You know, local officials was involved and organized crime had their eyes on making Ryland a major crossing for all kinds of things. But, you know, Lasher put, 
put on a robe, and when he put a stop to that, I mean now real quick. Uh, is Mrs. Stevens still alive? Oh, yeah. Uh, where does she live? Huh? Oh, well, uh, hey, listen, I, 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 I wouldn't go see if I was you. Oh? Why not? Well, I just wouldn't think she'd want to be disturbed right now. You know, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Now, how did Stevens die? Hmm? I beg your pardon? Uh, how, how, did, how did he die? Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, uh, it was coronary. A heart attack? Yeah, 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 yeah. In layman's terms, that, that'd be what happened. It wasn't expected. Well, why do you say that? Well, I'm just repeating what you said a few moments ago, that his death was, was sudden. Oh, well, I see. Well, yeah. Uh, did what? Stevens have a record of a heart condition? No, 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 no. Oh, of course, he, he worked hard right up to including the day it happened. Uh, in fact, you know, he died right in this chair where I am sitting. Was an autopsy performed? Mm, no, I don't know. Well, who was the attending physician? Uh, Dr. Jonas Green. Uh-huh. And and uh, who discovered the body? I did. Oh. And from here he was taken to the Memorial Hospital? Hmm. Hey, you turned off the tape machine. Something wrong? No, I just... Could you give me directions to the hospital? Well, what was the matter? Mr. Perkins, is, is, is there any possibility in your mind of, of foul play? Oh, Oh, it's ridiculous. I'd like to double-check the medical report on his death. Well, you have your own car? Oh, yeah, sure. Mm. All right, then. And you go right back up Selms Avenue here at the Main Street. Yeah. Then you turn left and go on straight about half a mile. Uh-huh. Uh, the hospital's right there. You can't miss it. Jeez. I'm out in the country. Got over two miles, no sign of a hospital anywhere. Oh, oh, good. There's someone. Uh, hey, uh, uh, excuse me. Yeah? Uh, I, I, I'm looking for Memorial Hospital. Well, mister, I hope it ain't an emergency because you're going plumb in the wrong direction. Hospital's back that way nearly three miles. I, I could have sworn he told me to turn left. Well, Thanks. Thanks very much. Memorial Hospital. Uh, Dr. Banfield is in consultation, Mrs. Slocum. Now, I'll have him call you. No, Mrs. Slocum, I wouldn't worry. It's probably just your hives again. Say goodbye. Uh, excuse me. Yes? Uh, I'd like to speak to Dr. Jonas Green. Yes, what is your name? Uh, Richard Leach. Oh, I'm sorry, but Dr. Green's on vacation. I beg your pardon? He's on vacation. He won't be back for three weeks. Huh. Well, perhaps there's someone else I could speak to. I, I'm a reporter with the Dallas Sentinel. I'm doing a feature article on the life of Elisha Stevens. Yes? Well, I, I, I'd like some information. I'm sorry, but all our files are private. Oh, yes, I, I, I understand that, of course. But uh, isn't there anyone I, I could uh, talk to who was on duty at the time Mr. Stevens' body was brought in? No. No? I don't know, sir. You'll have to excuse me. I'm quite busy. I spoke with the undertaker who prepared Mr. Stevens' body for burial, uh, Mr. Oh, Terry Vernon? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, sir? Could come back. Oh, dear. Switchboard. He just left. I think he's going over to Terry Vernon's place. 
Well, hello, Mr. Leach. Mr. Perkins. Hey, you're right. We have met again. Huh. According to the phone book, this is a Mr. Vernon's address. Oh, it is. Well, I'm afraid you just missed him. Uh Uh-huh. Where is he? He's gone on vacation. I see. Uh, Along with Dr. Green. Well, now that is possible. They both like to fish. You know, Mr. Perkins, Hmm? I... I have a feeling you're lying. (laughs) Well, it's a free country, son. What are you doing here? I'm minding the store. I don't believe you. Now, look, we are a small town, Mr. Leach. We try to help each other out. Now, what can I do for you? You have a body you won't bury? Why did you give me the wrong directions to the hospital? Well, I told you to go down Sam's and turn right on Main Street, didn't I? Uh, no, no, you, you said turn left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I did. Or, or maybe there's something wrong with your hearing. I can assure you there is nothing wrong with the way I hear. Well, then, good. Because then there'll be no mistake when I tell you to forget this story you wanted to write on Elisha Stevens. What? That's right, Mr. Leach. Forget it. And leave Ryland now for good. Every young reporter dreams of the big scoop, the big story that will bump the planned headlines off the front page. Many reporters willingly take assignments they know might involve danger. But what about the reporter who goes out to cover a harmless story only to discover there is far more there than meets the eye? I shall return shortly with Act Two. that's fit to print is a motto any newspaper would agree with. But sometimes those they write about might take exception. Beneath the respectful calm of a small town in mourning for its leading citizen, darker currents are beginning to surface. Elisha Stevens, the departed mayor, was ostensibly liked by one and all, but was there an unknown skeleton in his closet? Or is it the townspeople themselves who have something to hide. Our correspondent has been told in no uncertain terms to leave at once. Now, if you were an enterprising and curious young reporter, what would you do? Yes? Uh, Mrs. Stevens? Yes? Hi, my name is Richard Leach. I'm a reporter with the Dallas Sentinel. Why, how do you do? Well, frankly, I'm not sure. I I came out here to do an article on your late husband. You travel all this way? Yeah. Why, how nice. Oh, please, do come in. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. We, uh, we can sit here in the front parlor. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm sure this is a difficult time. You. Yes. Yes, it is, but I don't mind. Oh, Elijah would be so surprised to think someone from a big city like Dallas wanted to do a story on him. Well, evidently, so are some other people. Oh? I seem to be encountering some opposition. Oh? Not to mention some downright hostility. Why, that's most surprising. But why? I don't know, ma'am. 
I went to see the acting mayor, Fred Perkins. Oh, yes. I don't wish to alarm you unduly, Mrs. Stevens, but Mr. Perkins was clearly disturbed when I told him the purpose of my visit. And he seemed particularly reluctant to discuss the details of your husband's death. Oh, Fred Perkins loved Elisha like his own father, Mr. Leach. I should think that naturally he'd be reluctant to want to talk about his passing. Oh, uh, would you like some elderberry wine? Thank you. Thank you very much. I could understand that, Mrs. Stevens, but, I mean, would this reluctance extend to lying to me? You mean telling an untruth? And physically threatening me? Oh, my. I I asked Mr. Perkins for direction to your local hospital. I I, I wanted to speak with the attending physician at the time of your husband's death. Oh, yes, that would be Joseph Green. He's a very nice man. Yeah, Perkins deliberately misled me. And by the time I finally did reach the hospital, I I was stonewalled by a nurse who (laughs) sounded very much like she'd been coached on what to say. And what did she say? She gave me a song and dance about Dr. Green being on vacation. Oh, but I, I believe he is. Is the undertaker on vacation, too? You mean Terry Vernon? Well, I don't know about uh, that. I went to Vernon's from the hospital and I never got past the front door. I was met on the porch by Mr. Perkins, who was obviously tipped off by the nurse, who was obviously coached by Mr. Perkins. He made it quite clear that he wanted me to drop the story on your husband and get out of town. Oh, my, that doesn't sound like Fred at all. He's such a nice man. Mrs. Steele, tell me, are you satisfied that your husband's death was a natural one? Why, why, yes. I mean, Ryland is only five miles from the border. There must be highly vested interests with good reason to want a man like your husband out of the way. But who? Yes, who indeed. So far, I've got an acting mayor, a nurse, a doctor, and an undertaker as prime candidates. Oh, Elisha hadn't an enemy in this town. Uh, Perhaps. What started out as a feature story in his honor is running up against something that's taking on all the symptoms of a cover-up. Oh, well, what you told me is distressing, Mr. Leach. And I can understand how you feel... But all I can say is, to the best of my knowledge, your suspicions are groundless. I came here for a very special reason, Mrs. Stevens. Your husband represents something decent in political life. He he was an inspiration. Something we're very much in need of at the moment. (laughs) Elisha was by no means impossibly perfect. Now, do you intend to go ahead with your article? Could be. Uh, just, just a moment, just a moment, Mrs. Stevens. But before you answer that, just, just let me have a look out the window. Well, well what do you see? Uh huh. There's a police car in the driveway. Why, it's Joe Pickard's car. He's our sheriff. I wonder what he could want. Yeah, and there's Fred Perkins with him. I'm sorry, Mr. Leach. I'm going to have to answer the door. No, no, wait, no, wait, wait, Mrs. Stevens. Look, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but I got a very strong suspicion. They're here to get me. Oh, now, Mr. Leach, I'm sure you're oh, wrong. Oh, will, will you do something for me? Here, uh, this, this is the phone number of my editor in Dallas. Uh, his name is Ed Hankey. Now, if anything happens to me, I want you to call him. Uh, Mr. Leach. Mr. Joe Please, Mrs. Stevens, I'm beginning to think you may be the only person in this town I can trust. Well, all right. I'll just hide this slip of paper where they won't find it. 
Now, 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 are you ready? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, well, Sheriff, uh, how are you? I'm sorry to disturb you, Miss T. And Fred, <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Uh, well, I'm looking for a young fellow by the name of Richard Leach. Well, he is here. Would you like to come on in? Uh, well, uh, now, actually, we'd just as soon speak with him out here on the porch. Is something the matter? Nothing you need to be concerned about, Miss Stevens. I just happened to notice that the inspection sticker on his car is expired. Well, that's not true, Sheriff. You, Mr. Richard Leach? Uh, that's him. If we could just have a word with you outside. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Stevens. Uh, I'll be right back. Uh, of, of course. Well, now, young fella, Mr. Perkins here says he asked you to leave town. Is that right? I am here to write an article on the late Elisha Stevens, Sheriff. That doesn't answer my question. Okay, yes, he did. But there's no law I know of. Mr. Leach, you're looking at the law. The law in Ryland, anyway. Miss Perkins asked you to leave. I'm ordering you to. Sure, sure. I'll be only too glad to go, Sheriff. After I've got my story. Then I've got no choice but to put you under arrest. What? What, what for? Let's go, Mr. Leach. Oh, you, you, you're, you're in cahoots with the rest of them, eh? Uh, just, just what is it you're covering up, Sheriff? Huh? Mr. Perkins? Do you intend to come under your own statement? I want to know how and why Elisha Stevens really died. Okay, Fred. What? Oh. Now, let's, let's get him away from here, quick. We'll just let you cool off in this cell for a bit, Mr. Leach. Sheriff, I am legally entitled to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead, if you can find a phone in here. I want an explanation, Sheriff. I want an explanation of what is going on. Doesn't everybody? I am legally entitled to hear the charges against me. You had your chance to leave peaceably, boy. You know, you're not going to get away with this. I, I, I am a reporter, Sheriff. I am here on assignment. If I'm not back in Dallas in three days, my boss is going to start making inquiries. Well, you can go right ahead and do that. He won't find a single person in this town who will admit that you was ever here. It's time for supper. Well, I just slide it to you under the bars here. Thanks. Well, I'm afraid it's only Franks and beans. Sorry, I, I can only cook what they give me money for. Yeah. You the jailer? Yeah, that's right. My name is Daryl. How long are you in here for? I don't know. Well, what did you do? I don't know that either. Do you? Huh? No, nobody ever tells me nothing. My, my name is Richard Leach. Uh, has, has there been any activity on my behalf? Leach. Not that I've overheard. You, you haven't heard? And no phone calls? No no inquiries? No, no, no. And you're the only a prisoner. There hasn't been a peep all day. I hope Mrs. Stevens made that call. Mm. He, 
You a friend of Mrs. Stevens? Yeah. Well, I, I think Mrs. Stevens is just about the greatest lady in the world. I'm a friend of hers, too. You are? Mm-hmm. I do things for her she wouldn't think of entrusted to nobody else. I take care of that loan of theirs, and I do all the fix-it work on their house. But, Darryl, hmm? Darryl, would you would you do me a favor? Hmm? Would, you, would you go over to Mrs. Stevens' house and tell her that I am here? Oh, no, I, I couldn't do that. Sheriff Pickard wouldn't like it. Please, Darrell, she, she may not realize that I've been arrested. Well, if you was really a friend of hers, well, what, what are you doing here in the jail? Well, that's just it. See, there's been a mistake. Oh, well, I'd like to, Mr. Leach, but if Mrs. Stevens was to come over here and raise Cain, well, I'd lose my job. Uh, Darrell, Darrell, hmm? you, you, you don't understand. Hmm. Mrs. Stevens is in danger. Danger? Yeah. From who? I I am a newspaper reporter. I came out here to do a story on her husband. And somebody doesn't want that story told. Oh, master, you're imagining things. The story of Elisha Stevens ought to be in the school books. He looked out after the poorer people in this town like they was his own brother. Saw to it no one went hungry. If necessary... Out of his own pocket, too. Was he wealthy? Oh, sure. He owns that farmland between here and the Mexican border. I see. So you're saying somebody don't want this story told? It, it just don't make sense. Obviously. Then why am I in jail? Oh. Well, you'd be surprised how many prisoners ask the same thing. They all swear up and down. <laughs> They're innocent. And down. Uh, Daryl, wait. Daryl. Nobody knows I'm here. Mr. Leach? Huh? Mr. Leach, wake up. Oh. Oh. Here's your breakfast. Oh. Oh, I'm not hungry. Uh, I talked to Mrs. Stevens. What? Yeah, after I got off work last night, I kept thinking about what you said, that she might be in danger. I figured I just owed her too much to take that chance, you know, job or no job. You told her I was here? Yeah. Uh, what did she say? You was right. Sheriff Peckard had told her you just decided to leave town. She had no idea you was in jail. Uh, and? And she told me to tell you not to worry about a thing. She still had that phone number you give her, and she was going to call your boss in Dallas first thing this morning. Those were her exact words? Yes, sir. She told me to tell you that she'd take care of everything. Now, Mr. Peckard. What are you doing? Huh? Oh, I was just bringing the prisoner his breakfast. Where'd you go last night after you got off work? Oh, I went home. Now, Darrell, you're not telling me the truth. <laughs> no, sir. It's true. I know you're lying, Darrell, because I got a witness. And she can dispute every word you're saying. Mrs. Stevens. Richard Leach. I am shocked. Shame on you for trying to smuggle illegal messages out from the Ryland City Jail. There is.
is a caution in the Old Testament amongst Solomon's Proverbs, which Richard Leach would have done well to heed. It warns the wise man to beware to whom he speaks, for his words are like a weapon, and any weapon in the hands of the wrong person can be deadly. I shall return shortly with our third act. Whatever kind of shirt you're into, get into an arrow. Hey, Jim, that's a fantastic wool shirt. Oh, thanks. It's uh, an arrow. An arrow? Hmm. Whatever kind of shirt you want, arrow's got it. I love that turtleneck Hank's wearing. I bought it for him. It's an arrow. Whatever kind of shirt you're into, when it comes to shirts, things are changing, but men are still changing into Arrow. Arrow gives you every style and all the confidence you expect from an Arrow. That shirt looks great with your suit. Sure, it's an Arrow. Whatever kind of shirt you're into, get into an Arrow. Whatever kind of shirt you want, Arrow's got it. Arrow makes all kinds of shirts for all kinds of men. That's why we're known as America's Shirt Maker. We were speaking of truth, which unfortunately seems to be in very short supply around the town of Ryland at the moment. We know that the ways of a small and isolated community can sometimes seem strange to the outsider. But consider the extremity of Richard Leach's plight. In jail, for reasons unknown, unable to call for help, and unable to find a single sympathetic ear. Mrs. Stevens. Sheriff, here's that piece of paper I told you about. The one on which Mr. Leach wrote the phone number he wanted me to call. Oh, thank you, Miss Stevens. I'm sorry you had to get involved in this law. Oh, I don't mind. You have an unpleasant job, and I wouldn't want to make it any harder. Mrs. Stevens, did the sheriff force you to do this? Not at all. I'm here of my own free will. I have a right to know the charges against me. And I have a right to make a phone call. Mrs. Stevens, both of these things have been denied me. What? Is this true? Why, of course it isn't. Mr. Leach, you know that's a downright lie. What? You know we let you make not one but two phone calls. And the charges against you have been clearly stated. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Mrs. Stevens, the sheriff isn't telling you the truth. I haven't been allowed to call anyone. Nobody knows I'm here. Look, you must help me. There's a conspiracy here that involves a great number of people in this town. Something is being hidden. And, and if you don't help me, I... I I'm, I'm afraid, Mrs. Stevens. I, I'm afraid. Uh, young man, I do have a certain amount of influence, that is true. And I trust a small measure of respect. It would be both foolish and wrong of me to presume upon either by telling Mr. Pickard here how to do his job. You're, you're, you're all in this together, aren't you? Good day, Mr. Leach. And may God bless you. Well, now, Mr. Leach, if you have no more tricks up your sleeve, I think we can get on to the next order of business. What's that? 
Darrell. Uh, yes, sir. Go across the street and fetch Fred Perkins here, will you? Packard? Darrell said to come on over. I think the coast is all clear now. Miss Stevens is gone. You mean... You mean she she's not involved in this? No, 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 not at all. Look, I, I, I just don't understand what's happening. I mean, it's this is like a night a nightmare. Gee, for all I know, I I did make two phone calls. Now, Mister Leach, just calm down. All right, all right, just do it. Just just do whatever you're going to do to me. And let's get it over with. I, hey, Pickard, didn't you tell him anything? <laughs> oh, I waited for you. You went. Mr. Leach, I am sorry. Now, I know we've gone about this all wrong, and it, it's just that when you coming out here just took us by surprise. What, what? Well, what Fred is trying to say is we've been a little rough on you, and we want to apologize. Well, wait, wait, wait. What, 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 are you, what are you doing? No, get, get away. Stay, stay away from me. Mr. Leach, no. you're free to go. Uh, uh, I'm free? That's right. What's the trick? Now, there is no trick, son. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, so, I'm sorry, fellas. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it that easy for you. Yeah, yeah. Prisoner shot while trying to escape. Here's your billfold and your car keys and no. everything else we took off you downstairs. No, no, no. no I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Take them. It's all right. Now, listen, we just had to keep you here until we found out whether or not you'd aroused Mrs. Stevens' suspicions when you went by her place yesterday. I... I don't get it. Yeah, well, Elisha Stevens didn't die of a heart attack, son. He took his own life. He committed suicide? That's correct. And that's your conspiracy, Mr. Leach. That's what me and Fred and the folks at the hospital and Terry Vernon and every other citizen in this town is conspiring to keep secret from Miss Stevens. Yeah, unfortunately, no one thought to tell Daryl. No. Well, that, that was a close call when you persuaded him to go see her. It was fortunate she came to see us. You see, the fellow you picked to be your messenger, well... <clears throat> Daryl's not all there, if you know what I mean. Anyway, anyway, I apologize for the crude way I handled the whole affair. <laughs> Look, are you two under the assumption that I am buying all this? What? I mean, you think I believe what you're telling me? Well, it's the truth. Now, listen, you have seen Mrs. Stevens. She is no longer a strong person. Now, protecting her from the truth about her husband's death is, well... Let's just say it's something we want to do for her. And for him, too. His memory. How he died wasn't an honest reflection of his life. But why would the legendary grandee of Terra Loco want to take his own life? The way you've talked about him, he sounds too good to be true. No, no, not you have got to understand, son, that Elisha served this town selflessly and tirelessly for 40 years. And he was never, I mean, never anything less than shrewd and honest. Well, maybe it was our fault. You know, we got so used to having him in the mayor's chair, we, we just didn't want to let him go. He was 81 years old two years ago when election time came around. He wanted to retire, but with just the thought of it sent folks into kind of a panic. 
Maybe it wasn't a healthy situation. But that's how it was. So you're protecting yourselves, too, with all of this. Yeah, I suppose we are. You still haven't told me why he killed himself. Well, he had allowed himself to be swindled. It was all in a note he left. Was it a large sum? Well, for these parts, yeah. I think the worst of it for him, though, was that it was public money. Municipal funds. How did he kill himself? He took an overdose of the various medications he was on. How was he swindled? Uh, well, and apparently some fellow impersonating the Texas Ranger came into his office. He, he claimed he was trailing some art smugglers and needed instant cash to make a purchase so he could arrest them in the act. And Elisha personally took him to the bank. Sam Merrill, the teller. He told us Elisha wouldn't even let him check the ranger's credentials. He just give this boy what he needs. That's the way Elisha did things. He took a man at his word. Yeah, and naturally the man didn't return. No. And this is what Stephen's suicide note said, and... And you believed it. Well, of course we believed it. I mean, that is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. Well, I'd say Stevens was in cahoots with this guy, and, and, and the fellow double-crossed him. Oh, no, I, I don't think so, Mr. Leach. Elisha never would have done anything like that. Well, in any case, I've never met the person yet who, if given a choice, wouldn't prefer to be known as a villain rather than a sucker. No, I, I don't think Elisha would have made up that story. But how could, how could any man in possession of his senses fall... Oh, I see. Elisha's only sin was struggling to keep up appearances. It's not a very pretty thought, the spectacle of that old man being conned by a charlatan. In the old days, there wasn't a shrewder customer around than Elisha. No one ever put a thing over on him. Well, sure isn't the story I expected to get when I came here. You, uh, you ain't planning to print this now, are you? Oh, yeah, of course I am. Well, then you missed the point, son. We don't want it printed. Think of Mrs. Steve. Look, I, I, I don't owe anyone in this town a thing, at least of all her. And she walked out of here content to leave me in this cell to rot. You ain't out of here yet, boy. Are you threatening me now? I'll thrash you within an inch of your life before I let you humiliate Miss Stevens or the town of Riley. Now, 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 now. Hold off, Packard. Now, you're just going to make it worse. Sooner or later, someone be bound to find out anyway, so let him go. Let him print the story. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Perkins. That's exactly what I intend to do. <laughs> I'm out of this town, the better I'm going to feel. Mr. Leach. Mr. Stevens. I've been waiting out here to speak to you. Well, you could have been waiting a long time, couldn't you? Oh, I knew they'd let you go. I'm sorry about how I had to act in there. But if they suspected I knew the truth, they might have taken it out on you. The... The truth? You mean you know? How Elisha died? Oh, Yes. But that's supposed to be Ryland's big state secret. Uh, how do you know? The day he died, I stopped by his office. 
There's a back door, a private entrance I often used. No one saw me. He was lying there, his head on the desk. I thought he was asleep. Then I saw the note. And you read it? All I could think of was, what a silly, silly, sad way for it to end. But you didn't tell anyone. I I wanted to be alone for a while. Then, when Fred Perkins and Dr. Green came by with the story of the heart attack, I realized what they were up to. So I just kept my mouth shut. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Mrs. Stevens. I mean, if you know the truth anyway, there's no reason the story can't be printed in its entirety, including this final chapter. Oh, no. No, you mustn't. That's what I've been waiting here to make sure you understood. It means so much for these people to feel they are protecting me. You mustn't take that away from them. Oh, you don't know the newspaper business, Mrs. Stevens. That story is sensational. I mean, an entire town conspiring to shield an old woman from the truth about her husband's death? Yes, and by printing it, you destroy it. But so what? I, I mean, I've been beat up and, and terrorized for 24 hours by, by a lot of ignorant country people. I... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Stevens. I, I didn't mean that. Excuse me. Well, goodbye then. You're wrong about one thing, though. Oh? I do know the newspaper business. Elisha and I founded the Culpeper County Courier together back in 1928. Now, you've heard a lot of facts about Elisha's life. But maybe you've wondered what it was about the man himself that made him the kind of person people are willing to go to such lengths for. Yeah? Let me tell you a little story. In 1929, there was a sensational murder. A wife killed her husband. Now, Elisha could have gained national recognition by publishing the story. And not only that, but the father of the murderess was a bitter enemy of Elisha's. And this was a chance to publicly humiliate him. But Elisha voluntarily withheld the story until after the trial, to avoid prejudicing the jurors. And then he published it. Well, I thought he was going to. But he looked at me and said, the trial's over. What's the point of publishing it now? If the girl's father was his enemy. Well, that's what my reaction to. Elisha shook his head and said, Lucy, I hate that fella because he's a crook, he's a coward, And he's an atheist, but not because his daughter killed her husband. Was the man grateful? No. He's the one that gave Elisha the nickname the Grandee of Terra Loco. He meant it as an insult. But it stuck as a title. Richie, you're back. Morning, Mr. Hanky. Come on in, come on in. So, uh, how was the the name of that place? Rylan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, got a better story than I expected. Oh. 
Did your homespun hero turn out to have feet of clay after all? Uh, Mr. Hankey, I don't know if you're going to believe this. It's, uh, it's really pretty amazing. Well, I'm waiting. Did you know that Ryland is the home of the world's largest tumbleweed? We're familiar with the phrase, it will all work out in the end. There are times, however, when we might wonder plaintively why just once things couldn't work out before the end. But then, who's to say when the end is? Does it ever really come for anything or anyone as long as memory keeps them alive? I shall be back shortly with a final word. Hi, Pat Summerall. True Value Hardware Stores are offering their fall shopper circular you can't do without because it's full of values you'll probably be needing soon for do-it-yourself projects. Like the Stanley Surfform Plane. It can give you a smooth finish on wood, plastic, tile, or soft metal. And the handle is shaped to give you a comfortable grip for sure even control. The Stanley Regular Cut Surfform Plane is $4.75 in the fall shopper circular from True Value Hardware Stores. And for just $4.99... You can invest in a tool you'll find hundreds of uses for. The USM Electric Glue Gun dispenses hot melted glue that bonds in 60 seconds without clamping or waiting. See the Stanley Surform Plane and the USM Electric Glue Gun in the Fall Shopper Circular from participating True Value Hardware Stores and Home Center. True Elisha Stevens served his community selflessly for 40 years, but at the end made a single mistake. Was he then a tarnished angel? A cynic might say yes, but it was H.L. Mencken who pointed out that a cynic is a man who, when he smells flowers, looks around for a coffin. I'll leave the decision up to you. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Robert Dryden, Joan Shea, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.